Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Welcome to another edition of Nobody Told Me That. I am so pleased to welcome back, of course, Kevin Henry. Hey. Hi, my friend. How are you? I am good. How All are you? Good. All good here in snowy Colorado. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, it's so cold here too. I, I totally get it. Virginia is just freezing, but it is the beginning of the year, which is typically cold. So isn't that, I guess we should just be expecting it, right? I guess that's right? why they call it winter. You know, yeah. So I hear, I, yeah, I hear that. So, and, and, you know, our area, well, you have government workers oh, yeah. too, but we are, all my neighbors are oh. home. All of them are home with this shutdown. Yeah. And uh, it's gone on a, a quite a long time. And I'm hearing rumblings at airports that there's delays and, and all that. You were traveling just I, recently. I, Did you run you into know, anything? No, but we were also traveling off hours real late and real early. Uh, but I had a friend mm-hmm. who went through O'Hare yesterday and, and he said that it was like an hour wait uh, when and he's TSA pre-check, you know. So, I mean, yeah, uh, it was uh, it's definitely starting to make an impact uh, with with all of us. And, and certainly, you know, like you said, that your friends and neighbors who are government workers, God bless them, because this is a, a tough time for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it seems I mean, as of this recording, it seems like there's no movement going yeah. on. So we'll see how long this lasts. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's some resolution that can happen. And that's pretty much as political as we are going to get. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kevin? Well, I, I will say this. We, uh, you know, my wife and I just got back from Hawaii, uh, went over to celebrate my mother-in-law's birthday and enjoyed some time. Oh, fantastic. Her. And we went to two national parks while we were over there on the big island and they were both being staffed by volunteers. And that's the only way that they were open during the shutdown. So we really went out of our way to say thank you to those folks because other than, you know, we would have missed out on seeing some things that I was kind of excited about seeing. So those TSA folks, the volunteers, yeah, we're, we're trying to go out of our way to say thanks and really show them how much we appreciate them pushing through. Very kind. And was, uh, mama Dana, she had a good birthday. Great birthday. Uh, you know, she's, she was five miles from where the, uh, Kilauea volcano blew that made all the headlines last year. Uh, mm. So she took us around, showed us some of the devastations, so showed us just some of the mountains of lava that spewed. And, and uh, that was the first time I'd been there to see that. It's the first time Dana had been there to see that. And it's pretty amazing, you know, how things go out of the news and you kind of forget about them. Uh, but then there, there's mm-hmm. people really dealing with it and economies still reeling from it. Uh, so that was, that was pretty eye opening. We had a great time, great weather, but at the same time, uh, definitely realized that that was a different island than it was this time last year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's nice to get off of the main island. Yes. I think that's pretty much, I think anybody who goes to Hawaii needs to realize that you need to get off the main I'm, island. I'm not a Honolulu fan, are you? No, I don't think we're bagging on the people we're that not, live there. It's the island, but it, it really to me just looks like Chicago with palm I trees. Mean, it looks, the same. Yeah. If you ever go to Hawaii, get to Kauai, get to the Big Island, get somewhere else and, and get a little different taste. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I hear that, and, you know, and if you're a diver or snorkeler, I hear the main island is not great for that because it's just so trafficked and it's just been, you know, really nuts yeah. with that. I know Norman, you know, of course, dives oh, yeah. and loves it. You know, he was really disappointed with the diving and all the dive guys were like, that's because you shouldn't dive here. Oh, you need to go bad. to the other island. Oh, so, like they were like rookie, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. But no, people now, of Honolulu, we love you. We're not saying anything bad about you. Okay. Just know that. Yes. And is our friend Tia, is she living on Hawaii in, in that, in the big island no, or where is she, she living? We actually had a dental assisting school over there oh, that nice. I visited in the past. And that was really cool. That was on uh, Maui. We didn't get to that island this time, but she's actually right now at the OSAP boot camp down in Atlanta, learning about all the new infection control stuff that's happening and some of the things that are coming out about that. And Oh, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, do you mind if we detour into that? No, please. So I think it's so important because I, I know a lot of office managers, OSAP and, and HIPAA and all that. We're so concerned with HIPAA. We kind of forget about OSAP and OSHA because we kind of think it's the clinical thing yeah. to, to look at. But us office managers, you know, it's a good reminder to the ones listening that if you don't have your regular yearly meeting scheduled, now's the time of year to go ahead and get it scheduled and get it on the book. So make that a homework assignment. 
But I know OSAP has really been stepping up their game yes. lately. When I was with, um, when I was a board member for the Dale Foundation, that was one of the big initiatives was they were partnering with OSAP to teach and to get the message out. And from what I'm understanding, it's really making a difference. So is Tia part of the, the whole committee or is she just going to attend no. to find out what's going you know, on? She's, she's one of those dental assistants who's very passionate about infection control and understands the important role it plays. And, and so she, She's, she's down there to soak up knowledge then to share with me and Ignite DA and all the assistants that we reach out to, which I'm really thankful for that because there's so much misinformation out there about, sure. about what is going on. And so uh, I'm kind of curious to download with her next week, you know, whenever we all see each other. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of chatting with her and seeing what what's new and uh, what we need to know as well. Well, let her know. I'd let, I I want her on here, oh, too, because that. I think, but you know, the problem is I think we would just giggle the whole time because that's all we do when we get together is just laugh and giggle. <laughs> no, and stuff, no so. that, that would be great, actually. It really would. She really is. She's really done a lot in, in the field of assisting, and I just think she's such a wonderful person to be around. So, but the fact that she's taking time out to go to this OSAP meeting, which, which let's be honest, these meetings are not fun. Typically, you know what I mean? Like they're, unless you really likes like (laughs) reports on, on the half-lives of materials, (laughs) protocols and stuff like that, you're kind of, you're going to be on your phone the whole time. So, I mean, God bless her and other people for really digging into this kind of stuff. You know, and she's a great example of somebody who she decided this was important. She's decided a lot of things are important to her career. And so she puts forth that extra effort and the extra resources to say, I want to get better at what I do. And, you know, and that's the, that's the hope that we all have for not only assistants, but everybody who's, who's working in a practice is that they'll find that part of that practice that they're so passionate about and, and do everything that they can to, to be the best they can be at it. I tell you what, the beginning of this year, I'm sure you have the same kind of outreach, but I've been getting a lot of emails and uh, requests for consultations because this year is the year everybody's ready to do something, yeah. you know, about uh, either insurance or the in-house savings club, which please don't call me to help you set that up. <laughs> I don't know. I just can give you advice on it. Right. But it seems like everybody over the holidays decided this is the year I really pay attention to insurance and its participation levels and all that. And I I'm just want to put it out there. Yeah, pay attention to the numbers. But, you know, there's still stuff that needs to be done every year. And now's the time to get it scheduled. What else from an assistant point of view, Kevin, should or clinical really, should they be looking at? Is there, I guess there's medical um, emergency kits too, right? Oh, yeah, so- absolutely. You know, uh, I think that it's always important start of the year. Look at all your expirations, you know. Uh, some, some practices have that, you know, supply of materials and everything else, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it's always a good time to go through and make sure, yeah, you're up to date on your, what if an emergency happens in your practice and just deviate back real quick while we were in Hawaii, we, we got caught up on some of the dental news that was going on over there and, and a, a child died in one of the dental practices, uh, during a oh, and and unfortunately, whenever you listen to what happened, there was a lot of freaking out during the critical moments that maybe could have saved that child's life. Uh, and so wow. that just emphasized to me that, yeah, every practice needs to know that what if, uh, you know, and and this is a great time just to review your emergency procedures, review what happens if something goes wrong medically in your practice, uh, you know, as as a patient. I want to know that you know that, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. it's so great for your business. So, yeah, great time to insurance fees, material expiration dates, emergency kits. Absolutely. So much to do right now. Oh, gosh. The biggest I, I would say the biggest pet peeve I would have as a manager was when things when our uh, materials expired. Yes. So there's nothing worse than going back into the supply closet and finding that box of lidocaine that you know, expired a couple months ago and you've got a full schedule and, and you had to pretty much, you, this is what I had to do. I didn't like it, but I had to do it. I would put on my coat, go to the dental office down the street that we knew, buy a box of lidocaine from them for the day. <laughs> <That's very laughs> I mean, bad. like that is how you know that you need to get your stuff together, right? Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm happy to say it's been years since that that's had to happen. But the new codes, I mean, there's yeah. the new codes that they need to put in and I'll put a link in the show notes, but I just did a webinar 
my annual coding update, which is, I think, in its sixth or seventh year now. Yeah. So it was really, really nice. We had uh, 2,300 registered, which was just blowing me away. I mean, last year was 1,800 and I thought that was awesome. So uh, thank you for everyone who registered, listened and the replay. I'll, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for the replay of it. And that's that brings up another point that ties in with your clinical is that there's now this new blood pressure code oh. that, you know, so last year we got or not blood pressure. I'm sorry, blood glucose. I'm completely messing up my blood. <laughs> so last year we got one for testing blood sugar. And then this year we got one for the for testing blood sugar levels when the patient's in the office. So um, the one last year was basically measuring it over time. And the code now, we now have a code if you want to measure the person's blood sugar level that day in the office, which is actually the more useful as far as liability and procedure. That's the more useful number. But I can't tell you how many emails I got after that webinar that says, am I supposed to be doing this? Are we supposed to be doing this? What's the standard of care? So tells me that uh, that tells me that the patient experience going from office to office is not going to be consistent. One office may take it seriously. One office may not. Right. And uh, that's a conversation I think you all need to have with your doctors is, you know, are we doing blood sugar testing? Do we do it for everyone? Do we do it for only the ones who have risk factors. And I'll just give you the answer I gave to someone who said, you know, who do we, who do we give it to? And I said, you know, I'm sure your malpractice carrier will tell you, who do you not want to be sued by? That's, that's who you give it to. And the answer is, of course, everyone. So it's, it's up to you. And and I think this is something I'm not going to be an expert on. I think you need to kick it up to your malpractice. I think you need to kick it up to your doctor and find out what is the standard of care in your state. But honestly, no matter what the standard of care is in your state, I would go by what the lawyer thinks your standard of care is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and you know, we always talk about how uh, dentistry is taking care of the, the whole patient with the oral systemic and, you know, how that they, they really want to be viewed as those healthcare professionals. And this is another great way to show your patients how much you're caring about them and how much you want to make sure that their health matters and, and that they're taking care of themselves the best way possible. You know, I've always thought and this brings up a, another topic I wanted to go into because I just think it's incredibly interesting. We went into healthcare, all you know, you and me, we went into the, the business of healthcare for patients and all of that. What if your patients were furry and had, you know, four legs or two <laughs> legs and scales and all that kind of stuff? Like, and I'm not talking about like alien dental care. So <laughs> um, talking about animals here. And I, Kevin, I know I told you I was going to talk to you about it, but I didn't want to tell you the gist of it because I want to hear your reaction to what I'm going to tell you. So I was speaking at the care credit sales meeting because they're all into how to help practices that are struggling with insurance. And that's the big issue, right? Well, they also are in the, de- the not only the dental world, but in the vet world and in optometry. And I think a couple others and, of course, plastic surgery, you know, they're everywhere. They brought in a vet practice management person who had been a vet tech for years. And now she's going around speaking on vet stuff. And the the common consensus that I got from people there, the reps that are there and, and the reps are not only visiting your office, they're visiting the vet down the street, too. So it's not like. It's not like they just do dental. They also do, you know, vet. So if you ever get your credit rep in, ask them about, you know, what's it like in the vet offices? What are you hearing? Because it's really fascinating. So the consensus was that the vet industry business wise is probably about six to seven years behind dental. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I always thought, well, I'm so used to dentistry being such a cottage industry because that's, you know, I... I started in a one doctor office. He had practiced with his dad. I mean, that's most of it. Now it's so different, of course, with the DSOs. But in vet, apparently the business, the business skills and systems are not in place like they should be. And it's very similar to the struggle I know you are always the champion of, which is the people that are being that are working in the offices not are not necessarily given full training. It's really? more like on the job stuff, right? Sure. Absolutely. So they have vet tech licensing or certification. I don't think it's licensing, but certification um, and all of that. But most, a lot of most of the vet techs, from what I was hearing, are not necessarily certified or you know licensed. And so that means, see, and I'm thinking every time I bring Griffin and Odie in for a visit, I'm kind of thinking this girl has some sort of certification, and it's just it's on me. I didn't bother to check. You know, I mean, they provide great care, but when was the last time you thought? 
you know, your vet tech had any kind of certification and, and you had Hank years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have, um, did you ever question the, the licensing no. or learning? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I, I think that with, with your pets, it's, it's that relationship with the vet and knowing that they're taking care of them. But I'll be honest, that's, uh, you kind of blow my mind here a little bit. Cause I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that aspect of it. Well, I mean, think of this. I mean, you know, Griffin is, of course, Odie, I adore, but Griffin is, of course, my baby. <laughs> and here I am letting, letting, you know, somebody that may not even know, maybe this is the fourth time they've drawn blood. You know what I right. mean? Like, what? My, what is going on here? I never thought of that. And of course, I, I did check it out. And all of my, the ones at my office have, have some sort of certification or learning. Luckily, my next door neighbor actually works for the vet there. So, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to, I'm stalking her in the yard. As soon as she pops her head out, I'm going to get full skinny on it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, see so that you don't have to have a lot of training. And so now this is cool. Listen, listen to this. So they were saying that the typical person who goes into being a vet tech, uh -huh. not a vet, but a vet tech, they have found that, that very common in that industry is the tendency to not want to deal with humans. You want to deal with animals. You see yourself as like a champion of the animals and you want to go in there and pretty much protect them. And that's why you go into that industry. Yeah. And there was some talk about, and this isn't a blanket generalization, but one of the, the reasons could be maybe their home life, they, there was some abuse or whatever. They're, they're kind of on the fringe do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Believe me, it was just in generalities that they were talking, but but they were saying this. And, and it was one of the reasons why, if you notice at your vet hospital, I, I don't know about you, but this is very true for me and all of the vets I've gone to, there's a tendency to have the tattoos and the nose rings and be, you know, a little bit like, I guess it's more mainstream now, of course, but on the fringe is what, what how they were referring to it. Um, does that ring true to that, you for right now? You know, I mean, and like you said, you didn't prep me on any of this. So I'm kind of noodling around <laughs> in my head while you're talking about it. And I, I guess it makes sense. You know, I, there was a, a former family member of mine that I always joked would be much better as a florist or an embalmer because she wouldn't have to deal <laughs> with human beings, you know, or at least live yeah. ones, you know, but, but that's a, that's a very interesting point. Uh, I guess I never really considered that. Well, hold on. Let's go a little bit deeper because you go, you go into this field because you don't want to deal with people. You want to take care of animals. And then you find out once you're in this field that you have to deal with humans at a more intense level than if you were to go into dentistry. So oh, the, emo the emotion, I'm the sure emotion is Absolutely. much more than I think many of these people anticipate, which was the point of the learning. Um, and so they get there and they're having to talk to people about you know, um, life-saving procedures and they're hearing on a routine basis, I can't afford that or let's not do it. So yeah. that's, a, that's a big burnout. And it's, it's a hard, it, first of all, we've always known it's a hard industry to be in, sure. but it never occurred to me that the people going into this industry, you know, actively would rather not talk to humans, <laughs> which sure. I can totally understand sometimes. Sure. And then they're sure. having, I think the, the hardest conversations that are possible to have, you know, and I just, I, I was fascinated the whole time hearing about this. And then the, the medium, median wage for these people across the country are between 16 to $18 an hour, which is just for our certification is not, you know, I, I think if you, with time and certification, you should, you should be at a higher so level. I would think that. if, if you're having to have these emotional conversations with people and maybe you didn't really get into this to deal with people, and you're hearing what you don't want to hear from the people you don't want to be dealing with, then there's got to be an incredible amount of turnover or, you know, like you said, burnout. I mean, yeah, I can see where that would be maybe even tougher than trying to keep uh, dental teams together at times. I mean, look, if I tell a patient they have gum disease and they need to get it done and they tell me no, there's a part of me that's like, really, come on, you're, it's, this is going to hurt you. It's, yeah. you know, you're going to have issues and all that. But I'll be honest, I don't go home thinking about Mrs. Jones not getting the work done. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. But you know what? If I saw, you know, if I saw Hank come in and the owner had decided, you know, not to do life saving, they were just going to wait and see if the tumor gets any bigger. That man, I would sit around thinking about that at night. I really would. Yeah.
you know, when, when my daughter was little, you know, she wanted to be a vet and, and work with animals. And, you know, and we had a real heart to heart talk one day and, you know, and I, and I told her, I said, sometimes the puppies don't get well. And that really stuck with her. And, and, you know, if I'm watching a movie and a dog gets killed, you know, I can watch a war movie and, and I'm okay, but a dog gets killed. It's like, Oh my God. You know I mean? So yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. amazing. The, the emotional attachment that we have to animals and, and you're right. I would be thinking about that pup or, or kitten as well, you know, going home. You're exactly right. I'm, I'm telling you, my dad, if a dog dies in a movie, uh, the, it, the turn it off. Yeah. Turn it off because <laughs> there's there's no coming back from that. And, and automatically, even though he would have been like, I'm telling you what, he loved Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers. Yeah. But if they had killed a dog, oh. that would have been the worst movie ever. You know, do you remember <laughs> I Am Legend with Will Smith? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that poor. See, that's the and it was such I a good like, dog. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't even want to watch the rest of the movie after that. I was like, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. There's And there's a part in. um the Meg, which is that big shark movie yeah. where, you know, you think, and I'm, I don't mind spoiling this because I don't want anyone to do what my dad almost did. We were watching it and the dog supposedly gets eaten. And my dad was like beside himself. And I'm like, just chill. Let's watch the rest of the movie. He's like, Teresa, you, I, this movie sucks. I mean, just going crazy. I said, just trust me. And he goes, did it, does it come back? It's not really dead. And I was like, I'm not going to say, and that's all he needed to hear, but he was there ready to turn off. You know, a very exciting movie for that. So, <laughs> so speaking of movies, um, did you watch anything cool over the the well, winter I break? Say, first of all, how the Meg got snubbed for the Oscars, I don't know. But you know, uh, this world we live in. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm hard to believe. Um, you know, it, it's amazing, and, and it's a little bit back, but Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you, it's been amazing to watch my daughter, who's getting ready to turn 21, yeah. and how into Queen all of a sudden she is. And I had her watch the Live Aid performance before she went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, because, of course, she wasn't alive then. And, you know, the 80s are like, you know, Columbus coming over in 1492, as far as she's concerned. <laughs> you know, but, but, I, but I had her watch that, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, I get it now. You know, and wow. it, it's been amazing to watch that little transformation all of a sudden she's she, the 80s aren't so weird to her you know it's it's wild so that's awesome uh, good for you educating that's yeah, awesome uh, how about that you know I, i'm not i'm not just so far you know the 80s were kind of cool uh so very cool <laughs> anyway um you know tv wise i've got to be honest start of the year i i haven't been, we've been trying to catch up on this is us uh that's that's our thing you talk mm -hmm. about emotion yeah, uh, I watched the, the latest episode last night. Was oh, I, so I was like sad. three episodes behind. Oh, I don't so, want to ruin it for you then. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's oh, there. I, it, it always does. It's mm -hmm. such a good show. Such good writing. Um, what about you? You know, I, I like to be home for a month or so in the winter, and it's you know catching up and all that kind of stuff. So as a result, yeah. I get to catch up on a bunch of stuff that I kind of bookmarked over the time and haven't been able to, but I didn't get to any of that because they released a couple shows that were like, I had to watch them. So bird box. So have you seen bird box? Oh, you know, I haven't actually. Okay. So people either hate bird box or they love bird box. So let <laughs> me just true. put that out there. And I, I was so tense. I watched it as soon as it came out. Cause it's just my kind of thing. I was so tense. I was like, Oh my God, it gets better. It gets better. I show it to my dad. I show it to Norman and they're just like, what's the deal with this bird? box like i don't get it so obviously i'm i'm more easily impressed than some of the members in my family but it had like i think it set the record for views on netflix i mean it blew away the viewing records so um i would i'm i don't want to hype it for you because obviously I've, I've done that and it hasn't lived up but i did enjoy it i thought it was interesting and, and i thought it lived up to the hype and there's another movie that's being hyped right now on Netflix, which is, well, not even on Netflix, but all over Facebook. I keep hearing about it. It's that Root yes, Canal movie. I've got that on my list to watch at some point because, yeah, I'm very cool. I have yet to watch it. What are you hearing you know, about I'm, it? I'm hearing that, obviously, like many things, it paints the dental industry in a very bad light. And I'm hearing that customers or patients who might watch it might not want to do a Root Canal because, obviously, it paints it that maybe it's not necessary and maybe they go too in depth and dental practice shouldn't be doing what they're doing. You know, so my concern is obviously 
anytime that we hear anything, you know, like an infection control breach and, and all of a sudden people don't want to go to the dentist because they might get, you know, Legionnaire's disease or whatever it might be, you know? So, yeah, I know. So, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I, so I'm real curious to, I am going to watch that. That's on my list uh, to do uh, hopefully sometime this week. But yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I've been hearing. How about you? I've just, yeah, I've been hearing the same thing. Like, oh, great. We're going to have to answer more yeah. questions. And it kind of reminds me of, do you remember that Reader's Digest article? Yeah. Gosh, it has to be 20 some years ago that they put oh, yeah. out. Where And for those of you that, and I'll look for it and put it in the show notes, but for those of you who aren't familiar, Reader's Digest, it really has to be 20 years ago, sent someone out to, I think, 10 or 20 different dentists to get a treatment plan done. And the variety was all over the place. And basically it showed that, you know, there are expensive dentists, there are cheap dentists. Well, that's, that's what they said it showed. And what the industry saw was there are dentists who watch, unfortunately, and then there are dentists who are more apt to do something about it. And then there are, of course, the whack jobs that want every crown to have every two tap crown. So that's, you know, so you take, you take the extremes and then somewhere in the middle, it's a whole bunch of good dentists, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the point of the article. And so this kind of goes along the same way. And then, of course, there's the get, get all your mercury fillings removed because, you know, you're going to obviously die from those two. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of the same thing. And I think the takeaway from this is that someone in your office can watch it or some, just somebody watch it and then come up with what they think the biggest the, the FAQs would be around it. So that if somebody does come in and re you know ask about it you have some questions don't wait to do this have those questions ready i'm pretty sure endodontists have already watched this and had their staff prepared if they if they're paying attention but it's prominently placed on netflix so i'm i mean this is not something that it's not like they can pass readers digest in the grocery store if they even go to the grocery store everybody has a netflix subscription yeah. so it's in their face I would definitely have somebody from your office watch it. And I probably, I, I'm going to download it. And I think I've got a, I've got a trip on Monday. I think I'm going to watch it in the air and see, see what, what it's yeah. all about. Uh, but yeah, I, I love getting these dental movies that are so, you know, they're like exposés on our industry because part of me is horrified. The consumer in me is horrified. And then there's the, you know, practice management consultant that just like wants to write a paper about it. So. <laughs> well, and I think, I think you hit it on the head. I think that it's about, Knowing what questions might be asked because of this mm-hmm. and being prepared with factual science based answers to it, yeah. you know, uh, and it's not just the dentist who should be answering this. You know, this is something that everybody on the team should be prepared if Mrs. Jones walks in and cancels an appointment or doesn't want to do something because of what she saw on Netflix, then yeah, you've got to have some kind of talking points that everybody in the office is going to be comfortable discussing and everybody's on the same page discussing. You know, I just, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're going to see a a rise in implant sales after this (laughs) because people would rather have their teeth yanked than have a root canal. And then here we go with the implants. And now you've been covering dentistry for a long time. Do you remember back in the day when implants were becoming more well-known, but they weren't standard of care yet? And the endodontists were up in arms about implants. You know, it was implants versus endo and oh, there was, was no, you know, war. it absolutely was. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think you probably had a whole bunch of articles that you, cause you were an editor at the time. Oh, yeah. Did you have articles you about that? Like, here's why you should not do an implant. Well, you know, but no, it was actually trying to present both sides to be honest with you. And it was really oh, good. And, and because, you know, and it's a lot like, the current political climate. That's all I'm going to say is that, well, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You know, and, but we <laughs> never really get to hear what both sides maybe agree upon or what could bring them together in some way. And so that's always my whole thing is what common ground is there. And so whenever we'd run the, the implant versus endo, you know, Captain America and Iron Man civil war thing going, uh, you know, it would always try to be about not just the points that you could talk against the other side, but the points that maybe the common things, the patient care, what's best for that patient in that moment. Uh, and I can tell you during some of the worst parts of that, there was actually, we profiled a couple of uh, specialists who were actually working together and almost referring to each other whenever they knew that an implant was better for that patient. Or And so it was kind of a, a cool thing to highlight it can be done. And here's how you yeah. do it. But yeah, of yeah, course. That, yeah. that was a nasty. And that's what that's what's supposed to happen, though, right? Like you work with another provider to do what's best for the patient. But remember, I was lecturing 
years ago for the ICOI pretty regularly and their implant yeah. or their auxiliary society. ICOI is the uh, International Congress of Oral Implantologists. And those those exhibitors that were on the floor, you know, I got to know them really well because I was at every meeting and they would say, you know, they don't sell to endodontists at all. And then it started to turn the endodontist realized, you know, why am I not doing implants? Because you had endodontists that would say, absolutely not. I'm not placing any implants. And then here we go. It started. So, I, I mean, things change, but it just makes me, I guess, first of all, it makes me depressed that you and I have been in this cycle long enough that we've seen whole shifts like this, right? Like, wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we have an age. Like, That's I feel like we should be sitting on a porch in rocking chairs, like waiting for our next round of medication before we, you know, start our next <laughs> podcast. But it has been actually really cool to see such such a shift. You know, I just wonder what the next one's going to be. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that the next one's going to be 3D printing of materials versus <gasps> traditional. Exactly. What do you think? That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Great minds think alike. I, I do think that, that the 3D printing thing and, and right now that's such a wild west with what dental practices can do, you know, and what dental assistants can even work with legally mm -hmm. uh, in each state. That's something that if you look at state laws, there's not one state right now that's talking about 3D printing and if dental assistants can or can't do it. Well, then that means, uh, you know, that means it's exactly. not illegal. So that's, that's one of the things that I'm actually saying is I'm like, if you hop on the bandwagon now for 3D printing, you know, before anything comes down where it says, oh, you shouldn't be doing this because I think it's a great thing to do personally. I absolutely So do. tell me, because I'm still, I, I know you've talked, we've talked about it before yeah. and I, give me some examples of what's being 3D printed because I just, I'm so okay. fascinated. I have a friend who bought a 3D printer and he was making the cabinet pulls, the doorknobs. 3D yeah. printing those. And I was like, what? Like, I don't have to go to Home Depot anymore. That's awesome. You, so man, so go ahead. A real offside. Did you see the bridge that was 3D printed in China? No. Yes. They actually so I can put it in the show. I will. Okay. I will. I, I saw that just the other night and I was like, oh my God, this is where wow. we're going. So one thing that I always do every two years is the International Dental Show in Cologne, Germany. And I love to go over there because it is... A week of just exhibits, there's no speakers, and it's always the latest and greatest and what's coming down the pike. You know, it's like the Detroit Auto Show for dentistry, as far as I'm mm -hmm. concerned. And that is happening in March. I've already got my plane ticket. I'm so excited about going over there. But two years ago when I was there, the last time they held the meeting, I went over to the GC booth. And GC was showing off their 3D printing. Now, again, this was two years ago. But they were showing off how you do crown and bridge using 3D. Well, hold on a second. So this is GC, but not GC America no, no, because that's GC out of Tokyo okay. uh, or out of okay. Japan. Yeah, yeah. The worldwide, you know, and, and that's another thing that's so cool is you hear about these companies like Ivaclar, GC, Shofu, all these who have American bases, but they're international, mm -hmm. even 3M, yeah. you know, and some of the others that are based in America, but have an international presence. Uh, it's just amazing to see how they're different in Germany at the show. But anyway, so they were 3D printing this crown and bridge and talking to dentists about how that in the very near future that this was going to be something they could be doing in their practice. And they were even selling crown and bridge material made specifically for 3D wow. printers. Yeah. I mean, so that's the kind of stuff that I think we're heading toward wow. is that if you can think about it, you know, are, is my mom going to need a denture? Could there be something done 3D printing wise for a partial, uh, you know, a missing tooth? You know, I mean, I'm I'm very curious to see where it goes. And, and this is one of the things that I'm really going to be looking for when I'm over there uh, in March is how has 3D printing progressed as far as worldwide? And, and what could that mean for us here in the United States? So we may be seeing. So when you said bridge, you're talking, of course, yeah, dental yeah, bridge, yeah. right? Oh, no, no, no. The bridge in yeah. China. No, a pedestrian okay. bridge. I was thinking regular bridge is not a big Sorry, deal, I, I, but I, then I thought, yeah. yeah, and then I was like, wait a second. I think he means like like a bridge bridge. No, so yeah, you're, a pedestrian bridge going over a, a small river uh, was made earth. out of it. Yeah, I know. And and I'm like, and people are walking on it, so it's not like, you know, it's Legos or anything <laughs> that they fall through. So, you know. <laughs> what uh, but yeah, what is the material? material. Uh, is it just that, is it like it's just a high, like poly something or another, I, I, like a I'm like sure a, it's a polymer infused with? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe a scientist uh, on you know, the job. 
We, we do. Yeah. We do. You actually, we listen to us try to do this. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I can say polymer. It sounded real cool. That's about the extent of it. So. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, God. But yes, that's absolutely um, something I'm looking for because I do think that that's can be advantageous for dental practices. But also, what does that do to the Cerex, the dental labs? You know, I mean, there's that other side of it as well. Mm. And so I'm real curious, again, to see how all this fits in and where we're going down the road with Man, this. I feel so bad for these solo labs. I mean, they're, it's becoming so well, hard for so them to So many different competitors. I mean, seriously. Well, there's, it's, there's a consolidation going on in the lab market. And nobody's talking about it because we're so focused on the the dental DSOs and all of that. But, you know, lab companies are getting bigger and bigger. And a lot of these smaller operations, they can't, a lot of times they just can't keep up. Uh, So they have a very small pool of really dedicated doctors that will use them. And then as those doctors die off or retire, you know, that I I can't tell you, I've, I'm just thinking right now of at least seven labs that I know of that were small time that are no no longer in business because of that, because of that dynamic. And that's that's really sad. And, you know, it, I mean, it's yeah, I know a lot of it is about keeping up with the times and everything else. But, it's, you know, there's also so many things that you and I can both think of that we used as teenagers or young adults that technology's wiped yeah. them out. I, I hate to think that's where that's going. Well, it, it is, you know, this is competition, right? This is, this is how yeah. companies, they rise and fall. So it's just, it's just a sad point, you know, and I, I, I kind of now depress myself talking about it. So we should move on. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, let, me go totally, <laughs> let me go totally in a different direction. Another show that I was watching that was a to- completely took up a full solid six hours of my time was the R. Kelly expose. Oh my God. Yes. Surviving R. Kelly. And now I knew this guy was ridiculous and I knew he'd been accused of all sorts of stuff, you know, and I don't want to get into all that. I'm, I'll put a link up on um, the show and you can watch it for yourself, but he's been accused of so many things. And to hear the allegations that, He's kidnapped young women. He's held them at bay. You know, he's kept them in houses. They can't go to the bathroom unless they ask for permission. He would tell a parent that he would tell parents that he was going to take care of their, their little girl, you know, and this is teenage girls, um, get them all ready for showbiz, get them famous. And then so the parents would let them go with these, you know, with R. Kelly and his crew. And then all of a sudden there's no contact. You know, that's what the show was, was saying. And just hearing all of this and then the survivors that came out, I mean, they interviewed and I guess now there's repercussions. He, they're looking into it some more and he's lost a sponsorship or two. You know, I think Sony dropped him. But I mean, it was one of those train wreck things. I, I just couldn't oh stop God. watching. And, and as a mm-hmm. parent of a daughter, oh, that's not only my worst nightmare, but that's. I cannot imagine how I would react to that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it wouldn't no, be good. No, I, I oh, can't imagine that he would be okay with it. Yeah. But, you know, the other part was, you know, you, you're watching this. And, of course, the natural, the natural reaction is, what's wrong with these parents, you know, sending it? So, so I started out like that because I was like, you know, I'm always skeptical of stuff like this. And by the time the parents were done explaining their side – and all that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this could have been, you know, and lots of people would have done the same thing. So um, if you're into that where it's horrifying yet, you know, you really want to know the truth, it's it's salacious for sure. But it's horrifying. Um, I recommend that that movie. Um, since you do have the lovely Julia, I don't know if you should watch it, Kevin, because uh, it, it is scary. It is. I mean, I and I'm thankful that there's a, an ounce of common sense here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but uh you know, and there's some things that I just look and I'm like, what were you thinking, you know, as a parent and as a child? But still, yeah, I, I may skip that one just for the whole fact of, yeah. And I will tell you, as a parent of a, of a, a, a little girl, I like the Jamie Kloss thing, uh, you know, and, and all these where, where daughters are yeah. kidnapped and held against their will, like we're talking about. That gets me right in the heart, man. I tell you what, it just eats well, the whole, And you now John Walsh now has a new show. You know, I always saw him as the the face of, you know, Unsolved Mysteries or America's, no, America's oh, Most yeah. Wanted. That's what it was. I always saw him as the face of it. And I think in time I was like, okay, he has a child that has been killed and I look into it. And I, I finally watched a show where it went over his son's case. 
you know, God bless that man because he took his anger and frustration and turned it into something so beautiful because he's helped, you know, publicize so many, so many cases. And I just think, I think it's amazing what he's done, but it, it's same thing, you know, little boy, I've got my Noah, you've got Julia. I see a case with a little boy and it, I can't help but think, you know, for the grace of oh, God, yeah. you know, here we did okay with this, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting world we live in, but I, you know, the same feeling I had when I was watching R. Kelly was what I had when I was watching the OJ miniseries. Do you remember the OJ? The, Cause there were a couple of miniseries, but the really well done that I think it was ESPN. Yes. I, I, you know what? I, I did not watch that one. Uh, but I would, now that you mentioned it, I you need, need to. to, because that's the better one. And it was so well done, but it was, it was that kind of, of movie, of uh, filmmaking where it just sucked me into it. So we'll put links for all of this bird box. If you want to get frustrated, if you didn't like it, don't message me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just giving you fair warning. Put the link for Root Canal, put the link for R. Kelly and then the OJ. And then I, and then I'd like to see the, the pedestrian bridge, Kevin. Yep. Can you send that over uh, yeah, to yeah, me. I will. I will. Yeah, that's wow. So that's, that's a lot. But the, the whole thing with the, I want to circle back. I'm totally all over the place here, but the whole thing with the vet, um, speaker is go, just going back to that, like, dealing with people. I totally get why some people would want to go into vet to not deal with people. Cause after listening to the R Kelly thing, like <laughs> I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to even like, cause, cause what if this, cause R Kelly has a dentist. Think about that. R That's Kelly true. has a dentist. Are you R Kelly's dentist? If you are, you need to call. Cause oh. I want to interview you. That's right. That's right. What shape was the bathroom in when he left? Like, that's what I want to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Tasteless oh, joke was God. tasteless. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so what else is uh, going on in the land of Kevin as far as um, traveling and, and scheduling you know, this year? The best part of any schedule that I look at are the dates that I get to hang out with you. And that's unsolicited. I'm just going to tell you that. Uh, and I know <laughs> you, you. And, you and I get to hang out on March 1st in the Cincinnati area. And I'm super mm -hmm. excited about that and, and thankful to the folks at Patterson and the local ADOM chapter for getting us together. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you yeah. know, I, anytime that you and I can talk and I know we're doing that at ADOM this year and, you know, with Cincinnati and, and, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, so it, that's always a good thing. And, and I love it. I'm super excited about ADOM because that's the first time, you know, we've given our industry update talk to a bunch of different places, but this is the first time at the ADOM annual meeting. Yeah. And that's a bit, that's nothing but office managers and management. So yeah. I think they're the, and they're the ones who are, you know, we've always had dentists in the room. We've always had managers in the room, but I think this is going to be the first time we have pretty much 99% managers. And I am really curious on the feedback from them because that this crowd, they don't, they're not shy with their feedback. If they think we're full of it, they're going to tell us. So I'm really curious the feedback and what are they seeing out in the market? And we have, I, I know you and I, we've looked at our material. We always update it, but I know there's so much more information out oh there on gosh. generations yeah. and personality types. I know you've been, you've been doing a lot with personality types and, yeah. and generations. Any, any big updates that you've uh, been seeing you in know, your readings? Uh, I'm super excited. I, I'm certified now to do things with DISC. And that's something that I'm working with a lot of, uh, we'll be working with a lot of practices to help them kind of see how each other views the world. And maybe that helps with a lot of things, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's where we're going in my two cents, at least where we're going is not only just running a business from the numbers side, but running it so that it's somewhere that people want to work and that mm. people feel understood, you know, and, and I, I know that that's a common cry. I always hear from my assistants out there is, you know, I want to be respected. I want people to listen to what I have to say and not look down their nose at me whenever I'm saying it. And just this, this whole wave of personality testing and getting to know each other and know that our brains are wired all a little bit differently. Uh, to me, that's kind of my whole 2019 and what, what I'm going to be doing a little different this year and, and working that into our talks and some of the other talks that I'm giving out there. So I'm excited about that and seeing where that goes, honestly. So what is your personality type? I'm sure you've been tested. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm an S uh, on the disc. That does scale. not surprise me. I, I yep. say, yeah, I, I'm an S. I'm a can't we all just get along? Kumbaya. You know, I that's why I have my degree in public relations. You know, it's all these scores and it's going to be OK. 
you know, and I'm married to a high D who's like, you're wrong. Uh, you know, we're doing it my <laughs> way. Dana. You, I, Dana. I always tell her I cannot spell your name without a D, honey. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so, so and that's the thing that I've, I've told a lot of people is that as the more I've gotten into reading about the, the personalities and how we're all wired a little differently and how we perceive each other, it's helping me with Dana. It's helping me with my mom. It's helping me even connect better with my kid. Uh, you know, just. Yeah. Taking that moment to take a deep breath and go, okay, how she said it and what she said are two different things, you know, right. kind of breaking it down that way. So, yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm, that's, I'm sorry. Did you hear Griffin made an appearance? Did you yeah. hear that? Why wouldn't Griffin make an appearance? Let's be <laughs> um, I, I'll share with you a story. I was on the phone with uh, a friend of ours and Griffin obviously sits above me on the couch a lot of times and he's been breathing heavy. He's a heavy, heavy breather. And the person I was on the phone with actually said, you know, Teresa, what's wrong with your breathing? Are you okay? Like he thought I was having trouble breathing and meanwhile, it's my dog snoring. So Griffin again is just an, in, an integral part of, of Odyssey management. Um, back to the disc thing. You know what? Why don't you, can you send me three tests and uh, invoice me? I know you're going to I don't want to charge you, but you better invoice me um, because I'm curious now. Norman and I took our tests, gosh, years ago when I was first when I first was tested for, yeah. for disc. And he was a very high D, which he doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, he's very driven, strong, a, a little opinionated. And I can say this now because, Kevin, he's not editing our podcast anymore. So oh, well, you may or may not be listening. Oh, well, you should have told me that at the start. I would have had all sorts of things to say. Come on. You're so bad. <laughs> Um, so he was a, he was a very, very high D probably very similar to Dana. And I was a softer D, but close to DI. And I remember, uh, Debbie Castagna was our consultant. We took the test. I think it was maybe two years after I had Noah and I had completely changed over to an I, um, you know, and it was more because Noah has taught me that you, you, things happen. So all, all my rules and regulations went out the window and I turned into a very, very high eye. But I'm curious now, you know, I haven't taken this test in a long time and I don't know if I know what Noah's type is. So I'm very, very oh, curious. Yeah. Okay. Will you Absolutely. do that for me? And then we can discuss that. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I think I I'm still happy an to eye. do that. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, and then, yeah, so, so we're planning, you, me and Dana yeah. are going to, to Disney yes. in July before the Adon meeting. So I would say let's let Dana uh, plan everything. We'll probably have a better day if we do, just to be perfectly honest. Yeah, right. Lo love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I do love her. She knows that. And you know what? She's probably happy to plan it. And I'll just be like, this is fantastic. <laughs> and then at night, you and I can just cry softly in the corner. It works fine. So. <laughs> we won't do that until it's time for our bedtime exactly. when she tells us. <laughs> <laughs> we tease her, but she really is wonderful. I know. And honestly, you have to live with her. So let's make sure she knows she's wonderful, well, and, right? <laughs> you know, and, and honestly, she and I, you know, we've, we've just flew back from Hawaii and we actually talked about this on the flight over because there were a couple of times that we clashed a little bit while we were over there just about things I wanted to do versus what she wanted to do. We talked on the way over about how that it was just really we both were almost trying to please each other, but you don't realize wow. that. And the way that she was saying it was very much like, we're doing this. It, it's really opened my eyes a lot to, like I said, my personal relationships as well. And honestly, I feel like I understand her a lot better wow. than I did even a year ago. And, and so for me, that's, that's so priceless and valuable. And, you know, and, and I think that these, these things that I'm doing are, as much a help personally as professionally. So anyway, of there you course. go. No, that's wonderful. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you guys are so, you're so in sync and, and from the outside, everything is wonderful. So I'm glad to hear it's just like that on the inside. And I think for as, I mean, honestly, with any relationship, there's so much work. Oh, sure. People don't, you know, realize it until you've got at least maybe 10 years in, but it's work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, the, the honeymoon is over and all of a sudden you realize this is the person that, you're spending the majority of your time with and they know everything about you and your faults and your warts and everything else. And, 
Right. You know, and, and also whenever you're not exactly the prettiest person in the world emotionally, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been good, but yes. Yeah. Let's you and I talk about that. I'll be happy to send you over some and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then, and then they can get it from you too. Like if oh, anybody's yeah. listening and they they can, yeah, it too. Yeah, but, yeah it's, it's, disc is always one of those things I always thought was just fun to do. And then when I saw the shift from D to I, I was like, oh, I should probably pay attention to this. Well, and one thing that they've started doing now is there's like a 16 page uh, report that you get from doing this. And it mm-hmm. not only tells you about you, but also what those other personality types, how they view you, how you should view them, how to get along better. So, I mean, there's some really pretty good, solid information in there as well. And and that's the kind of stuff I'm starting to geek out on. It's just the whole how do we interact with each other on a daily basis, you know, it, you know, watching the nightly news and looking at Facebook and seeing how people just at each other, you know, out of, out of nowhere. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting to see this wiring thing go on. Facebook has been, you know, I I know I've complained about it before, but I, I think I probably have more friends snoozed than I'm actually paying attention to because once you start on a political rant, I I may love you, but I'm going to unfollow your butt so fast and snooze your notifications. I just, I can't do it. So if some of you are wondering why they haven't, you haven't heard from me lately, it may be because you had a rant about something or another and I just couldn't do it anymore. I, it's getting really, I don't know. I, I shouldn't complain. I can't snooze my family, obviously, but sometimes they need to be snoozed. Oh, yeah. too, so. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I long for the days of food pictures and puppies on, on Facebook. You know, I really do. Right. We have a friend who, um, he hasn't done it lately, but he used to post a picture of his dinner every yes. night and it was salmon. Do you know? talking about i know exactly yes yeah the, the salmon dude right yep. I, I mean i'll take a salmon a day over some of the stuff i'm seeing <laughs> you know nowadays but but anyways oh anyway so we have another episode under our belt kevin and I, I would love if next time we could talk about these personality types because i'm sure our audience would love to know what makes a good manager like yeah. not not what makes a good manager but what personality type is more of a manager and, and an assistant. So Absolutely. what, what is all that about? I'm, I'm excited about that. Yep. Uh, any party thoughts, uh, my friend? I'm already looking forward to that. And certainly um, always enjoy speaking with you, whether it's here or in person and, and uh, count the days till Cincinnati on March 1st. Ooh, excited. Yes. And we'll put a link up for that too. So until the next episode of this podcast, Uh, I hope that you have a great day, great times and patients who don't complain. Right. So. (laughs) All right. Goodbye for now. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.